Hey everybody, welcome to the very first Halloween special edition of the A1 Out of Body podcast with your host, Nick Sands. I wanted to put something together special for Halloween. Halloween's always been one of my favorite holidays. Um, There's something very New England about Halloween, I think, even though it's celebrated everywhere. Um... A lot of the traditions and rituals and all of the things that we think about Halloween come directly from this area. And to my family, it's always been kind of a big deal. Um, and so I thought it would be fun to bring you guys all in and um, start our own tradition together. My plan was to collect a bunch of stories and put them all together. Um, and... Unfortunately, I came up with this idea very late in the game, and I was not able to uh, complete it to my own satisfaction. I decided that I would push it to next year um, and just take the time and and make sure that I I really gave it my all. Um, I did want to do something, though, to start, like I said, to start off, start us off on the right foot. Um, And so I'm going to be reading a not-so-scary story called The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, It's a great poem. It's a classic. (laughs) It definitely makes you, uh, I guess, think about what the difference between scary used to be and what scary is today. Um, You know, it's essentially about a, a crazy person who is grieving his dead mistress or wife um, and is being harassed by this raven in his study in the middle of the night. Um, So I hope that you guys uh, enjoy it, and I hope that uh, we can continue this tradition, you know, for as long as this podcast keeps going. Um, And so, without further ado... I'm going to read to you The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember. It was in the bleak December. And each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow. From my book Circuse of Sorrow. Sorrow for the lost Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is and nothing more." Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer, 
Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door. That I scarce was sure I heard you, here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word Lenore, merely this and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what Therite is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obscene made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum of the continents I wore, Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, though, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore, tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon the sculpted bust above his chamber door with such a name as nevermore. But the raving, sitting lonely on the placid bust spoke only that one word as if its soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than mothered. Other friends have flown before? On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never never more but the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling straight i wheeled a cushioned seat in front of my bird and bust the door then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy thinking that this ominous bird of yore 
what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat, engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more and sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphin whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite, and nephent thee from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind nephente, and I forget the lost Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether temper sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there bomb in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, but that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within, within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden, whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name Lenore? Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest of the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore.